Today is a good day. Um, I, got a, I got a gift this morning, and it made me laugh. You, you know, when, when you actually laugh out loud, and you roll on the floor, literally. So when my wife and I, we got married, um, on the, what do you call the, that, those figures on top of the wedding cake? The figure on top of the wedding cake. So there's the traditional one where everybody's like this bride in this white dress and the groom in the black suit. And I was expecting to get one of those. But no, my wife was very creative. And so she got a white lady in a white dress and a brown fat guy in a white suit because that is what I wore on my wedding day. And I'm like, that is so amazing. I laughed the whole time when we saw that. And then today I got a gift. And I am going down in history because I've got my own comic book. She made me my own superhero. I am a superhero to three kids. And once again, it brought memories of that cake because there's a brown fat guy flying around in a suit. And I was like, that is the best gift anybody could get. So thank you so much. But, and, and the reason I tell you that is because we are in this the, the series as we travel through the book of Colossians and we're creating family vibes. Hey, so when you guys see a superhero and he's a little bit overweight, you go, ah, I must be Pastor Milo. That is amazing. Jesus is good. So the whole thing about family vibes is that we create a culture that when people come in, they, that they experience Jesus. And that is what it is all about. So I'm gonna, we're going to continue with that today, and we're going to be in Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to be reading from verse 16. And this is what it says. Therefore, I just want to pause there. Therefore. Now when you read that specific word, what it is actually telling you is that before that word, there was something that the writer wants us to take note of. So that as we take note of it, we can move forward. He's, he's highlighting a few things, that specific word. And so last week we spoke about that we need to create the culture that we want to grow in. And that culture comes with us having to follow through, build a foundation. Uh, what was the third one? Oh, testing you guys now. And then you have to fix your, fix your filter. You have to fix your filter on how you see yourself in this relationship with Jesus. And then you have to live from a place of it is finished. That Jesus has done everything. And it's a cycle that constantly continues. It's not an end goal that we will ever reach. Because as we f- live in the finished work of what Jesus did... We will follow through on a deeper level, building a better foundation, and then fixing our filter every time we grow in every situation, and it will just keep growing and cycling. And so as we learn this, Paul continues in verse 16. So you've learned to create your culture. He goes, therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regards to a religious festival. Any cake eaters out there? Anybody that loves cake? Here we go. Jesus loves you. Anybody that doesn't eat any carbohydrates? 
Put up your hand. Jesus loves you too. Don't hide. There. Oh, no, no one there? Okay. We don't have those people in our church, but we love them as well. Anybody that likes the fat on steak and bacon? Oh, there we go. Anybody that likes black coffee? Coffee with cream. Um, coffee with cream and sugar. Coffee with ice cream. Oh. For those in the church, re-coffee. There we go. Oh, Jesus loves you as well. So... This is what it says, don't let anyone judge you by whatever you eat or drink. So today, husbands, go and have the juiciest steak, eat all the cake, go to Mug and Bean, don't ask him for a slice, take the whole thing. Hey, Mario, don't worry what they say about your coffee, drink it all, my bro. Okay, so, okay, let's carry on. Or with regards to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. There are, these are a shadow of things that were to come. And this is important. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. But they have lost connection with the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, these rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Today, I just want to spend a couple of minutes as we continue in the book of Colossians with building our family vibe, talking to you from this heading, it doesn't matter. Turn to someone quickly and just look at them and go, don't look at your wife now. Or maybe you should. Or your mom. Or your kids. No, don't look at your kids. It matters when it comes to them. Just go, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, I see everybody like swallowed hard on that one, but in any case, let us pray and then we're going to get into it. So Lord Jesus, I pray that as we walk through Colossians, that you will set us free, that you will encourage us through your word, that you will give us understanding of what you are expecting from us and how we should grow. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Uh, growing up, uh, I liked... I always loved wearing a tie. Before coming to Cape Town, I wore a tie with everything. Our first date that I went on with Ali, I wore a tie. And, and that, uh, guys, you, you have to understand, it, it's, it's just something. I wore a tie once to church and I was judged. But it, it, it comes from, I don't know, for anybody that grew up in church, anybody grew up in church over here, you had to wear your Sunday best. Hey, oh, dude, I mean, there was a seam that ran from here down to your socks, man. It's just, and you couldn't get it dirty, it couldn't be wrinkled, or otherwise they, they inducted you into the fivefold ministry. 
And, and so there was always the Sunday best that you had to wear. And I mean, it, it was squad goals. My dad would walk into church and there would be little Milo walking, looking exactly like him. It was like tie, hair. I had hair, you know. It's like, and it was all about looking good on Sunday. And we used to judge people that didn't wear a tie because how dare you not respect the church and Jesus coming into the house of the Lord without a tie. Sucks. But what I eventually realized is that I am the church. And it's not about what I wear because it doesn't matter if I go to the beach. Imagine going to the beach and you're seeing someone going through something. You're there in your shorts, your pluckies. Now, don't picture this. Without your shirt and, and you're there and someone needs prayer and you go, just hold on. I just need to drive home quickly. I need to go and get a tie so that I can come and pray for you. I've come to realize that because we are the church, we are always in fellowship with Jesus whether I am in this building or whether I am sitting at my house. And I can tell you I don't sit in my house with a tie on. So why should it change when I come here? And this is what I believe Paul is saying. It says it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you dress. Now I judge people that wear ties. How dare? No, I'm just joking. I don't. We have to create the culture we have to grow, but we have to be careful that what we do in the process of growing doesn't become a rule, a ritual that turns into religion. It has to constantly stay freedom. And so we're going to go to that first point again because it's not about what you do. It's about who you follow. Jesus is not worried about how I dress. He's worried about my heart. And that is what Paul is writing in this passage. He says, don't worry about and don't let people put these things on you about what you eat, what you drink. Whether you go to church on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday morning, whether you like Christmas or not. Can the focus please just be Jesus? Just because people don't look and live the same way you do does not mean that they aren't in a relationship with Jesus. Let me give you an example. A few years ago, before we moved to Cape Town, a friend of mine, some of you heard this story already, but I'm going to share it with, um, so please bear with me. Uh, a friend of mine invited me to his son's baby dedication in a very reserved Afrikaans church. So I knew I had to wear a tie. And so I put on a tie but my shirt was hanging out, top button wasn't tied, tie was just down, and I wore a hat. And I walked, yeah, it was exactly that, because I walked into the church, and Amal was decked out to the teak. Felt like I was in a Michael Jackson movie. And now we walk into church, and we sit at the back, because now they're going to have a baby dedication. But no one says 
anything in the church. And all of a sudden, this Dwemini gets up and he preaches. But man, this man is preaching a cracker of a word. And once again, me, I go, come on, preach. And it sounded like an army just went and looked at me. And I wanted to melt right there. You see, they judged me based on the way I looked and what I did. And they go, how dare you? But I knew I had a relationship with Jesus. Fast forward a couple of years. My wife and I, we meet this couple that, man, look, talk, walk different. You know when someone, when you can tell a person by the way they walk that they don't follow Jesus, you know it's bad. I don't know. It's like, I, I can't explain it to you. But, you know, so, so like everybody, everybody now circles, you know, every friend, everybody, they're like, ooh, those people. And then one day, we actually have a conversation with them. And the first thing that they tell us is, you have no idea how good Jesus has been to us. And they tell us these testimonies. When we got home, I told Ali, we're fasting, we're praying, because I just fell on the ground and I literally cried. Because I did exactly what happened to me to other people. And you see, there's no freedom in that. It doesn't matter what you wear. It doesn't matter how you speak. If you go, horse, it's okay. If you say, my bra, it's okay. It's a, hey. It doesn't matter. How do you greet? We've got, everybody greets people different here. Everybody dresses different here. But it doesn't matter when it comes to Jesus. Can we keep Jesus at the center of everything. We should be blown away by what he does. We are all a work in progress. We are all on a journey. And in that journey, we're going to do things differently. Who's got a dishwasher? Who packs a dishwasher here? Who hates it when someone else packs a dishwasher? Because they don't pack it the way you do it. And so you banish them to their rooms for the rest of their lives, never to play games again, and they have to eat whatever they throw out the window. No. Oh, sorry, not in this church. Okay, my bad. Just me. But because people don't do things the way we do it means that they are wrong. Paul goes, hold up. Can we make it about Jesus? When we come to church, can we be blown away by what he does? It's not about whether you wear shorts and pluckies or if you come in a tie. So I've got an example. So if you guys have met our tech team, we've got, we've got amazing people in our tech team. Can we give them a round of applause, please? We just want to honor them. So uh, there's Rudy. Now, for those who have met Rudy, on, on a hot summer's day, Rudy wears very casual clothes. So today, Rudy's very casual. And... We got another guy in the tech team. His name is Bronwyn. But Bronwyn comes in, and we all thought he was preaching today. You know, he's got the tie, he's got the pointage, he's got the jacket. But it's easy to look at them and go, hey, that one has got Jesus in them, and that one doesn't. But Paul is saying it doesn't matter because they are both here. And that is what we need to do. It's not about what we do. It's about who we follow 
So it doesn't matter if they dress up or they come casual. Can we praise God? It doesn't matter whether they eat healthy or unhealthy. One of them is just going to go to heaven a whole lot faster. Can we praise Jesus? It doesn't matter if they smoke. Can we praise Jesus? It doesn't matter if you drink. Can we praise Jesus? Now, I know a lot of you are looking at me and going, no, but whoa, hold up. I didn't say it doesn't matter if they get drunk. Because the word says, don't get drunk. It doesn't say anything about don't drink. But can I also tell you something? Let's not take it too far. Don't do anything that is going to cause someone to stumble. But also don't judge them in what they do. Because both those scenarios keep people away from Jesus and don't pull them towards them. So it doesn't matter. Can we focus on Jesus? The moment we get stuck on stuff, we stop growing. Because we constantly compare ourselves to other people. And a lot of us go, or I've, I've spoken to people, and they go, but that means church is not important, Milo. Church is important. Once again, let's not put stuff in place that isn't in the Bible. This is a church planter writing a letter to a church. Church is important because this is the place where we grow, where we learn to fellowship, where we learn to bless talk, encourage, pray over, pray with, uplift people. This is training ground, guys. So I'm going to ask you, who are you praying for? Who are you inviting home for lunch? Oh, pick me. <laughs> who are you encouraging? Whose kids are you praying over? It happens here in church. It starts over here and, and even in church, I want to let you know one thing, that you are enough. Because we can come into church and everybody can go, oh man, um, I had such a deep time of worship at home before coming here. What about you? It's like, I rolled out of bed and rolled straight into church. And then we can easily judge people from that. And then we feel, hey, because I didn't spend time in the Word like that guy, because I didn't pray as much as that guy, because I don't listen to a specific artist like that guy, I'm not worthy enough to come to Jesus. But I'm here to tell someone today, you are enough. Uh, when I was in grade three, uh, what was that? No, not grade three, grade five, standard three. Is that right? If, if you understand standard five, my people, <laughs> welcome to church. <laughs> and um, I just arrived at, I've been at a, a school for three months, a brand new school for me. And um, at the end of the term, they had casual day. And there were a lot of people that were there, a lot of kids from overseas. So they were all, they, they all played football, not soccer, football. And on this casual day, they all came in their supporters' jersey of whatever football team they supported. And I had never seen this in my life. And there were a couple of guys in my class that had a Man United t-shirt on. And I ran up to them and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. 
where did you buy that? And some dude runs up and is like, uh, uh, you will never, never be able to buy this because you're not a true supporter. I felt so bad that I could never wear that awesome shirt because I'm not a supporter. So you know what I did? I went home. I put my money together. I bought myself a hockey shirt because I'm a true supporter. And we judge those that support Man United now because we know how well they are doing in the Premier In Jesus' name, let's get back. So, but a lot of times... We feel like, hey, we don't deserve, we could never be, we are not welcome because I'm not like that person. But Paul's going, come on, don't let what other people do stop you from growing. You've got you've to grow. You are enough. If you don't pray like other people, can I ask you, start praying. Start praying. That's how we create our culture. You don't have to pray for eight hours when you first start. Just start praying. Don't just pray for your meal. We never ask my wife to pray at home for, 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 for meals because then she blesses the neighbors and, and the shop owner that she spoke to this afternoon and, and the kid in the classroom next to my kid who was going through time that has an aunt in somewhere. And then the food is cold, and then we go, Lord, send fire, please. And the, <laughs> but if you don't pray like them, it doesn't matter. Start praying. If you don't read your Bible like other people and quote scriptures, it doesn't matter. Read your Bible. Because you need to know who this Jesus is, who this God is that loves you. Don't just take my word for it. Go and have a look who this King is. John 14, verse 6 says this. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it's not about whether Milo does something great or Allison can pray. You don't, I, guys, I don't phone my sister and ask her, hey, sis, is it okay if I make an appointment to chat to dad? No, my dad's on speed dial. Get your heavenly father on speed dial. What does that look like? You don't have to worry about coverage. You don't have to worry whether or not you've got signal or data. All you have to do is just get on your knees and pray. Don't worry about what other people do. It's not about what you do. Remember, it's about who you follow. And you aren't disqualified. You have direct connection with Jesus This is why we need to create our culture so that no matter who walks in doesn't take us off course, doesn't take you off course. My kids are busy writing exams or they're finishing exams this week. Tomorrow, oh, let's pray, they need to go and study. No, I'm just but have you ever walked into a, an exam room, you yourself, you've studied, you, you've gone through everything, and you get to school, and before the exam, someone goes, but what about this? 
How do you see this? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, I thought we were writing maths today. And they throw you off course, and now all of a sudden you're writing the exams and you have no idea what is going on. It's exactly the same what Paul is saying here. Don't allow other people to come in and don't be those people that disqualify others based on what you do. Because it is very hurtful. And so what we need to do, and this is the last thing I want us to look at, is don't lose your focus. Because with that said, Satan will do whatever he can to take your focus of Jesus. And he will use anyone that he can. So we have to keep our focus on him. So for the past couple of minutes, you've been looking at me and listening to me. And I'm grateful for that. But if you had paid attention, you would have noticed I barely have eyebrows. My hairline is nowhere. I don't have eyebrows. Now you can't unsee it. Now the rest of my preach, you're going to go, oh my gosh, that guy doesn't have eyebrows. How? What the heck? Does his wife draw it in every morning? No, they're just not there. It's the light. It's a shadow. Now watch, I'm going to walk away and you guys are still going to go, it's true. He's got nothing. And I, I really wanted to use that as an example because Satan will do that. Because it's not about me, it's about what we are learning over here. Sorry, now no, I've got big ears as well. And these things don't fit. Now you see the defects. So we will use, Satan will use anyone or anything to distract you from what Jesus wants to do in your life. But have a look at this. Hebrews 12, 2 says, fixing our eyes on who? Jesus. Not the pastor that preaches. Not the worship leader that is amazing. Not the kind of songs that make us all tingly inside. It's a distraction because we have to fix our eyes on Jesus because he is the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. Faith is not found in a person or in a thing. Faith, faith is only found in the creator of everything, and that is Jesus. So focus on him, and he will help you grow. Focus, we sang the song, the goodness of God. Can we focus on his goodness? The gospel is not about the external stuff affecting the internal stuff. The gospel of Jesus is about the internal things transforming and working in us so that we can influence everything that's external. And the moment we take our focus off Jesus, the storms become darker. The road becomes longer. The desert becomes hotter. And Jesus seems further out of reach. But he goes, you know what? No matter what you do, it doesn't matter. 
Stay focused on Jesus. And so I just want to leave you with these three things in order to keep your focus on Him. Stop comparing yourself because you will never be good enough. You will always find someone that is better than you. It doesn't matter. Stop comparing. Number two, spend time with Jesus. My son, we, I, I told some of you guys this before, but my son, we sent him outside once when he was small to go and play. And he goes, Mom, come play with me. I'm all alone. And Ali goes, you're not alone. You're outside. Jesus is with you. So he goes outside. Two minutes later, he comes back inside. He's, Mom, I'm alone outside with Jesus. Please come and play with me. <laughs> but spend time with him. Sit in your living room. Talk to him. Read your Bible. Make notes. Let him talk back to you. But spend time with him. If you want to be able to keep your focus, you've got to know him. And then the last thing, get into a habit of prayer. You've got to pray. Prayer is our direct connection with the Father. And no matter what happens when we pray, our focus always realigns back with him. Everything else, guys, doesn't matter. So, don't lose focus. You are enough, and it's not about what you do. Stay following Jesus. Can we pray?